Welcome back, everybody. This is another great episode of Faithfully Led. I am your host, of course, Sean. Hope everybody's being blessed. And of course, I've got another awesome guest on here. But before you actually, before we get into everything, I want you guys to go ahead and like and subscribe to the show. If wherever you hit, listen to, I listen on iTunes, Spotify, all that good stuff. Go ahead and get it a like and review. Helps out the ministry. It keeps us going. And it also gets us attracted to great guests like the one I have on today, who's going to talk about a lot of stuff. So, you know, you might want to cover your ears if you're around, the, you know, the kids or something like that. We're going to get into some adult topics here, which is awesome. So I got uh, my good friend, Emily Grudeau. Good job. Let's get that messed up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's good. It took me like a couple years after getting married to learn how to spell it. So (laughs) wand of forgiveness is waved. Yes. Outstanding. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. So Emily's here and she's got an awesome background. And like I said, we're going to get into some heavy topics here, but she was once a Playboy photographer. So you guys, you know, this is for you guys. All right. So, you know, she was once a Playboy photographer, but then, you know, she got the calling and she, you know, wants to help parents protect their kids from sexual abuse and pornography, because we all know that. And if you go back on my show, we had a couple, uh, we had an episode on that about shame and also that fear and how to break that stuff, you know, especially with pornography. And a lot of people, including myself, has had those issues. So, you know, again, and we want to protect them from, you know, the sexual predators, all that stuff out there. And this is what Emily does. And she has her own show, you know, How to Raise a Maverick, which is incredible. It's awesome. And you need to go follow her on Instagram if you don't already know. And I have all that stuff. Yes, do it. Do it. (laughs) I'll have it all in the show notes so you guys can find her. So, Emily, please take it away. Let us know, you know, you know, what was it like to live that life, you know, before you were called? Give us give us a little background information that thanks sean so it's actually interesting because uh the playboy actually worked for playboy.com which is hugh hefner's son runs the online i mean he probably runs everything now that hugh hefner's dead but um i haven't i'm only just now kind of letting that information out because i just didn't know how people would respond you know i speak out against pornography so much right in so many different ways, but then to go and I was a playboy.com photographer, you know, whatever. And then somebody said, you know, when I was a kid at a high school, I used to hitchhike everywhere I went. So they were like, Emily, you know what? Um, you've got some good stories. Like yeah. just let it, let it flow, let it happen. So, so I was a commercial photographer. So I worked for Rachel Ray. I worked, I worked for Bungie studios and Bill Gates and, I was in this pursuit of this, the commercial imaging business, I guess. And in 2008, you know, obviously the economy bombed, advertising gets cut first. That's, that was like my bread and butter is advertising work, working with advertising agencies and all of that. And I had somebody give me a call and they're like, Oh, I've always wanted to work with you. We're doing this job with playboy.com. And I was like, Hmm how much are they going to pay me? <laughs> yeah. And I'm in. So Why not? I'm in. yeah, it, it's playboy.com is a little bit different than actual playboy. There's not like full centerfolds and stuff like that, but right. it was a full immersion into a world of, I'm going to speak just of the girls that were there of girls who were in the pursuit of 
that industry, the pornography industry. And leading up to this, I totally bought into this myth that it, the feminist view of, uh, I guess, essentially like a sex worker, that they, that is their choice. If they want to do that with their body, that they're intelligent enough and they are working the system. And if they want to, that's what they can do. And working at playboy.com opened my eyes to that is completely not the case. Most of the girls that are there weren't super savvy. So the gal that wrote um, Juno, I don't know if you ever saw that movie. Yeah, yeah. She's a stripper. She put herself through law school or something like that. And she writes screenplays. She's brilliant. That was what I thought. No, 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 no. That's like a unicorn. She's a unicorn. (laughs) (laughs) Most of the girls have actually been sexually abused and use drugs and are on this downward trajectory of looking for acceptance and love through selling their body. Right. I was like, all right, need to reevaluate how I view this. Um, so, I mean, fast forward to now, I've been, I've been developing my, I have a curriculum that I teach that's, it's a nature-based sex abuse prevention course. So I use analogies in nature to help people like understand like addiction to pornography. Um, so this is just a quick example. This is how I talk about, it. I, I work mostly with parents who have kids to teach them how to talk about it. So, um, I tell them just, you know, go out in nature as much as humanly possible. And, you know, if there's a moment where you see like a a moth hitting a flame or, you know, attracted to the bug zapper and you just go, wow, isn't that weird? They know it. (laughs) They know it. They know it's hurting them. Yeah. They just can't stop it. They just kind of like that, that old Simpsons episode where, you know, Bart kept touching Lisa's little diary and he kept getting shocked and no. he was doing that, you know, she's like, yeah, oh, doing that little experiment. He's like, oh, and he starts getting, getting mad and stuff, you know, but he couldn't yeah. stop doing it. Yeah. So I call it tricky attraction. So what you do with the kids is you just, you just notice that and be like, isn't that weird that they're wired to do that and right. they just can't stop. So, and then as they get older, you can kind of go, remember how we saw those moths like animals are attracted to different things that aren't good for them. We're attracted to things that aren't good for them. And naked people doing sexual things is really difficult to not look at. I don't, I don't care who you are. You know, I mean, it is hard. Our our brains are like, hello, either that's dangerous or interesting or whatever. Yeah, it's like that train wreck. You you can see that you can't take your eyes away. You know what I mean? It's you know what's gonna happen, but you're like, hmm. You know what's what's gonna happen next? I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's true. The novelty is high. We do not see naked people very often, and them doing stuff like like the stuff that happens on online free pornography. That it's just free. It's like a freak show. It's a full-on free freak show. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's a reason why it's like a, a what eight billion dollar industry, if not more. You know, I mean, it's it's like you know, it's astronomical. You know, I mean, even like you know, you have sites like YouPorn getting into like you know, hey, we're going to give you. I just read you know right before because we had just had election day. You know, they're saying that they were going to give away free premium access to their sites if they showed people show that they voted. You know, so now you have. Oh, like, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so you now you have like 
porn sites trying to incite, you know, hey, this is a good thing, but we're right, we're politically active or something. Right, right. And it's, I mean, hey, listen, as a veteran, I encourage everyone to vote. You know, that's <laughs> one of the things I, I fought for, you know. But, we're in the line with you porn on that issue. <laughs> everyone <laughs> vote. Yeah, let's Besides. go. Let's go do it. You know, because you porn said it, let's go do it. You know, it's not that it's our, all right, but still, you know, it, they, they, Things like that try to permeate into normal everyday life to try to normalize yes. what's going on. And that's right. the big problem. That's the big issue because what I found is, you know, people aren't trying to normalize like a norm, a Christian household or a faith-based household. And so you see all these things because we're trying to take God out of all these things, take God out of school, mm-hmm. trying to take God out of government. We're trying to take God out of the home and you have all these things that are happening. I was doing some research myself on just fatherless homes and it's 90% of the, of the, yeah, 90% of the the kids that run away are come from 90, uh, from fatherless homes, you know, 90%, I think it's even closer to 90%, like the ones that are going to sex trafficking, sex work, things like that Mm -hmm. all come from fatherless homes. So, you know, you are out there, you're on the forefront, you got this mission, you know, God came to you, said, Emily, I want you to do this. Like, what was the moment that you knew Mm. that was, boom, this was your epiphany. This was your, you know, quote unquote, come to Jesus moment. Yeah. What what was, when was that moment? It's never as like glamorous as I, you know, I wish I could say I was like on a mountain and there's the burning bush and God spoke to me, but it was not that way at all. Um, So I was learning about the sex trafficking and we can talk about it in a little bit. I like that. I like that. Like you were saying, it's like the runaways and stuff like that. Anyways. And I was like, man, this, this is insane. Insane. Like I'm getting in trouble because I'm not recycling my stuff. I don't care about recycling. Like below this, God, can you please just flood the earth <laughs> and like make sure that the humans don't make it this time? Right. Holy cow. Like who cares about recycling? Let the place blow up. The planet's going to be fine. The yeah. humans they're not going to be fine. And that's the part that I was like, I don't even care. If we treat our kids like this, we're done. We're done. Um, And then I had it like in, (laughs) it's kind of funny to share this, but I was in the bathtub and I know a lot of people have epiphanies because you're just, it's just quiet. You're relaxing, whatever. And I just got this, I was told, it's kind of emotional for me, but it was like the most directive thing that I've ever experienced in my life. Like, you will. And I was like, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't think that I want to do that. Um, and it, was, it, it wasn't necessarily a conversation because it was just like, you're going to. Like, even, it doesn't matter if you want to or not. Like, you are on this trajectory. This is what you're doing. Like, oh, gosh. Good God, you know. Yeah. It's like Kanye West being select, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I felt like I was having a Kanye West moment with God. Um, but, yeah, God chooses interesting people. I mean, not that I'm interesting, but, like, like odd choice, God. <laughs> but here I am, Yeah. So, um, yeah, that took a little while to, to process. Um, and at first I, I started pursuing the human trafficking, the sex trafficking, and it, I, I realized that that was, that wasn't where I needed, I can't fix adults. I don't have the skill set to fix adults, but I do have the skill set to help parents who are at the grassroots, make sure that we don't raise kids who 
are contributing to sex trafficking. That was the part I was like, I don't know about those guys. Like I can't bust into houses and save kids. I don't, I'm just not in that place. So let's start with this next generation. And that's why How to Raise a Maverick is. It's raising kids with work ethic, grit, empathy, and curiosity. Mm -hmm. And those are people who have the backbone to stand up to social adversity because they're saying stuff that's not popular. And yeah. um, when you go against the grain like that, and you know, the popular, you know, culture, you're always going to get that pushback. You know, they said, you know, God says, you know, he doesn't you qualify the called, but you know, he calls the qualified, you know, and, and we just don't know it yet that we're qualified to do this. And we have that self doubt. We sit there and say, God, why are you calling me? Why, why, why are you putting this on my heart? Why are you saying I have to do it? Like you said, like, you know, I don't want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> Please. <laughs> you know, in our society, we're sitting here like, listen, this is going to affect my money and this is going to affect how I live. This is also going to affect how the people that are around me that I'm surrounding myself now, you know, how they're going to view me and yeah. how I'm being viewed just in general. And, and, and that's a big deal. That's a big deal for a lot of people. It's a culture shock. It's a, a completely lifestyle change, you know? So when you get called, you know, it takes some time for you to understand that you are qualified. I mean, like my, my, you know, stories, my background is the same thing. It took me quite a while for me to understand that God was calling me to lead men and to, and to do things like this to really, and this is why I created Faithfully Led because, you know, you're leading through faith, whether it is, whether it's Christianity or whatever, you have to have faith in yourself, knowing that you're qualified to lead others and right, yeah. exactly what you're doing, you know, and, and which is remarkable. And I commend you for that. Yeah. And here's for, you know, a lot of times we get into points in our life where, you know, I had moved out of photography and I was just trying to figure out like who I was and what should I do? And you've got all this like soul searching and you're getting like, what color is my parachute book? And, you know, trying to like, <laughs> you know, you're trying to find all these things like, what are my interests? What are my skill sets? You know? And then, um, my, I guess my one advice is, is if God tells you to do something like, I, I mean this in like the most loving way, like you're screwed, like don't fight it, like yeah. you're done. You're done searching, you will do it whether you want to or not. So it's, you don't need to make a decision because the decision's been made for you. Right, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, it's like, don't, don't, don't fight it, don't, I mean, you, you'll, you'll, I mean, it takes a little while to process, but like you're done, like just do it, just shut up and do it because you're you don't have to study and choose anymore. Just go. Yeah. I mean, at that point, it's just, you're at sur your surrender. You know what I mean? And the problem, and I think this is the biggest problem that people have with surrendering is that it's the connotation that they put on surrender. We always automatically think, all right, we surrender, we give up, and now we're being subjected to something. And that, sub that subjugation is, is not necessarily, it's not a bad thing. It's happening to you it's not happening to you it's happening for you is what i tell people all the time and when you yeah. officially surrender you're like all right i let it go you, you that that weight is lifted off your shoulders you know that 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 sort of stuff you you embrace what is going on and you know i used to tell people all the time when i was you know fixing f-16 fighter jets on the flight line and these 40 Dude, million cool. dollar aircraft you know they're sitting there saying you know how did you do that i'm like well the jet was broke I didn't I want to go out in the 10 degree weather, which I did so many, so often. Ooh. Yeah. And go fix this thing. You know, I had to embrace it. I had to embrace the weather. I had to embrace that it was fixed. That allowed me to open my mind, see what was wrong with it, fix the problem. And then now 
put it back together and it was whole again and we're ready to go. You know, right. Go. So a lot of people don't put that connotation, that, that, you know, perception, if you will, you know, that perspective that if you surrender, once you surrender, that's a good thing. That's a good yeah. thing. You're entering your cup and you're letting more stuff in. You're letting God in your heart. Yeah. And I, for the most part, it comes to people who were looking for it. Yes. You have asked for it and it's been given to you. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, that's, yeah. that's the tricky part. And I love what I do. It's so cool. It's so interesting. I'm able to, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a child therapist. You know, I'm, I'm not a sex therapist. I don't, I don't have that background. So it actually became my strength because my background is advertising and marketing and I have a degree in fine art and design. No therapist has that. I'm like the missing link that, you know, to make I'm it a unicorn. I am a unicorn. <laughs> yeah. I'm the missing link in like actually making this stuff palatable to get out to the world and how to explain it in a creative, interesting way. Um, and also because I, I didn't go to university for it, I went to people who are actually doing it where they're working with kids every single day. I talk to the forensic examiners that every single day are talking and like dealing with the cases and the lawyers and the therapists. Um, I talk to the convicted offenders. I talk to the families. I talk to everybody. I'm like, what is happening right now. I don't care about your study that you did 15 years ago. That's great. I'm glad that you got academic credit for that. I don't care. I mean, it's, it's interesting and it builds on it, but I want to know what's happening now because things happen so quick with the internet and especially with sexual abusers in the dark web, they are giving each other advice. They're educating people. And this is what this is like the creepy thing about what I do is I'm actually educating them as well. Right. There's not a doubt in my mind there aren't predators applying and going through my course and learning what I'm teaching. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That, that's what's like the, the little bit of a dark side on that. That's why it's got to be constantly updated is sexual predators are not stupid. Right. And they are very unique human beings in the sense that they do not think like non-predators, if that makes any sense. So everybody's like, oh, I have a really good feeling. Sorry, I'm like, I'm, I'm just going with this. Is that cool? Yeah, no, <laughs> like, absolutely. No, I like no, mainlining coffee and just this letting. Is, this is what it's all about. This is what it's all about. Yeah. Okay. Um, but everybody goes, you know, I only, I only leave my kid with people I trust. I know, like, and trust. Well, here's the deal. It's not working. Right. Every single time I do any public speaking, I have probably 20 people come up and talk about how something had happened right under the parent's nose. I'm going to tell you, your instinct sucks. Sorry, I'm not supposed to say no, 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 you're good. No, it's okay. good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> it's not working. One in five girls is sexually abused. Whatever we're doing, it's not working. You have to be educated because if you don't think like a predator, Right. You're, you're not going to see what's going on. Yeah. It's, true. and I mean that in like a, a loving complimentary way that you're not a predator. It's okay. Right. You have to get education on how to get a system in place to where your kids can go out and be wild and crazy right. and have sleepovers and ride their bike around the neighborhood right, right. and be safe too. It takes education. So, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, 
you, what you said is absolutely, I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's widely known because people don't want to, nowadays people are just too scared to hurt each other's feelings and just, you know, want to be like, Oh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to talk about that because it's going to hurt somebody or offend somebody. But the truth is, is that you have to actually think like this in order to protect yourself from that. You know, like you ever seen the movie, uh, catch me if you can, you know, about uh, Frank Abagnale. So this guy was a real, real guy, Leonardo DiCaprio. Great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, okay. So, yeah, oops. You know, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's a great movie, you know, and, you know, he talks about, you know, the character in there, Frank Abagnale is, this guy's a career criminal, but he learned at a young age on how to pass bank bad checks. And he went on, became a, a pilot and all these, you know, he passed out as a, as a doctor and all this other things. And then finally, when he got caught, the FBI was like, all right, you're going to teach us what you know. So right. we can catch all these. And it's, that's just, it's, I don't want to say common sense, but it is, you know, because right. people are going to try to infiltrate you and that who have nothing but negative intentions. They just want to hurt you and they're going to try to infiltrate you and they're going to, right. and the best way to infiltrate you is where you think that you're at your strongest point. And as parents, your strongest point is like, Hey, I'm going to protect my kids, whatever I can. And I'm going to keep them sheltered. But what do they do? They find that back door because that's also your weakest link. And right. so, you know, you need to learn how to understand and, and pick out those things. So what you're doing is fantastic. And, and I, I want to talk about the, the sex trafficking because I know that's something really, really that's important to you. So yeah, let's, let's get into that. Yeah. So sex trafficking is, uh, it's a really, really interesting thing that's going on right now. And part of that's interesting, the thing that's interesting about it is like in sex abuse prevention, I battle people who are afraid of sex trafficking. So I'm constantly telling people, your kid is not going to get trafficked out of Ikea. Like nobody can get out of Ikea and nobody's getting out of Ikea with your kid. Like that, that's like, they've got like one way doors. That thing was strategically designed for nobody to leave. This fear that our kids are, and I, I mean, I can talk about that because I felt it too until I got educated and I'm like, oh, it's actually kids who are running away and traffickers, it, I'm sure they wished it was that easy. You could just like grab a kid off the street. It's not. It's very, very, very complicated how they basically seduce the mostly girls, sometimes boys into believing that they're in a relationship. Right. And once people are removed from sex trafficking, it's actually very difficult to keep them from going back voluntarily. That's how intense this brainwashing is. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's not, you know, the parents of the kids who have been trafficked may say that they were kidnapped, but it's, it's, a, it's quite a bit more complicated than that. They were seduced into believing that they were in love and they're in this relationship or their kids living on the street. Right. Um, and a lot of times anybody in the LGBTQ plus community is high risk because their family rejects them. Right. Right. So that, that's one, that's one thing it's, it's difficult in our Christian communities. Uh, and I talk about it. They're like, Oh my gosh, my son came out that he was gay. And I'm like, love him, love her. It's not your deal. It really is not your deal. I, I, you know, in my courses, I talk about, you know, you've, the kids have got a backpack. Everything's like, we're going out into nature. We're going on a hike. They've got this backpack. It's our job to just load up the love, load up the, me the messages. And when they go out, it's their choice whether or not they use it or not. 
Yeah. And you, you just got to let go and let them go through what they're going to go through. And you have to love them or you are sending them in a trajectory that's drug addiction, homelessness, um, the sex trafficking. You just, it's, it's much, much worse than somebody coming out saying that they were, that they're gay or whatever. You know, I, I seriously, I love that analogy because I, I read a book, it's called Struggle Well, and it deals with, you know, having to deal with, to strive and thrive through adversity, whether it's anxiety, depression, PTSD, or whatever kind of trauma really that you've had in your life. And one of the, the analogies is like, hey, you're walking, you've got this backpack and you got your rucksack and what do you do? You just keep throwing, you're on this hike, you throw these nice rocks and you throw it in your backpack, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden you're climbing up this mountain and somebody comes behind you and they keep throwing these rocks in your rucksack and you don't even understand. And then next thing you know, you're on your back and you're at figuring out, you don't know how to get off your back. Ah, I like that. And then all of a sudden, what do you have to do? You have to take your backpack off empty out everything and only put your essentials what you need in there and then once you put your essentials everything's lighter and love it and and then you can go and uh, tackle whatever it is you want to do because we have so many this i mean look social media because like when you just talked about you know people luring kids and stuff like that we've all seen you know the dateline you know stuff where the kids are being lured and stuff by by these adults and these, these these sick people but you know, we're loading up our kids with all these non-essential stuff. And we're not teaching them how to thrive through that adversity by teaching them like, hey, being truthful, being honest with them and understanding, but here's your essentials. We have to trust you that you're going to make the best choice for you mm-hmm. because you're not going to live my life. I'm living my life. You're going to live your life. You can try and emulate me, but you're still being you. You're just taking elements of what I've taught you and putting it into play for your own life. That's the true definition of emulation. But you can't copy me. You can't be like me. You can only be like yourself. And I think nowadays we, we see that, all right, we have to be ourselves. Now I have to protect my kids and they have to be like me. But we're not teaching them those valuable skills of saying, hey, here's your essentials. Here's your moral essentials. Here's just your, you know, being empathetic essentials. Here's your, your critical thinking skills, you mm-hmm. know, so that way you can determine what's good and what isn't and then make the best choice for yourself because, you know, it's free will and we we're, we're taught that. And I mean, that's, that's in the Bible. That's why we have that free will so we can learn how to appreciate everything and we can understand that, you know, and for too long, I think we're just, you know, hitting people with just nonsense and, and filling that with that nonsense, you know, when you, Turn on Instagram. What do you see? You know, you see people seeing selfies and happiness and what, but you don't know what they're really going through. You know, you really don't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, that's why I follow like crafting. <laughs> My husband's like, why are you following this like weird pottery thing? I, was like, I don't know. I just seemed like something better to look at in the bathroom than everything else. <laughs> yeah, I know. I follow airplanes and stuff like that. You know, it's like, yeah. Why not? You know, why not? And then I get sick of it. And like somebody else will have random stuff, man. People, people create a lot. We are busy. Humans are yeah. busy. My gosh. So one, one thing I wanted to bring up that I, I think is an interesting conversation too, is I like to, I like to talk about sexual abuse and predators. Think about it as like black mold. Okay. Um, and it's, it's something that it isn't, black mold 
will take take over if it's not nipped in the bud basically but it's not a it's not a person so this is what's really interesting about uh sex offenders and i i actually advocate for um humane treatment of sex offenders because there's there's some really interesting things that are happening in regards to child on child sexual abuse and there's a 500 percent increase so we demonize the sex offenders yes right um but what do we do when it's the kids hurting the kids yeah so so we're we're we can't compartmentalize it like we used to it's just a very complicated thing that we're dealing with thank you to free pornography right it's it really is all traced back to that kids are seeing it and whatever but it's it's the enemy so people are like oh these it's easy to go these bad people but this it is so prevalent it is everywhere it is literally like black mold or black oil like seeping in and almost like a virus that it can affect anybody right it really can get to anybody that's why you know our intuition about who it is you know i have these like little figurines of predators over here because i'm going to do a video later (laughs) they're like just out of my reach um we wish that they had fangs we wished you know that that dude in the park by himself we wish that we could go yeah yeah men men who hang out at the park are pedophiles you know it's it is women it's grandmas it's um moms it's dads it's it's friends it's brothers it's sisters you know it is not a person it's a black dark oil that just seeps in yeah, I, I agree. That's really dark and horror. <laughs> Let me take you to a dark place. But I guess my point is, is it's, we've, we've got to just look at it a little bit differently. Yeah, we definitely have to change our perspective because, the, the, I mean, in just in current events, you look around. I mean, before when I grew up during the Cold War. You know, so we always knew the Soviet Union, big, bad Soviets, you know what I mean? <laughs> Me big, you know, the big, bad Soviets, you know, that's it. They're, they're going to come over, you know, they're going to come through Canada, you know, you're watching Red Dawn and, you know, you're watching Charlie Sheen and Tom Cruise fight off the red guy, you know, the Ruskies and stuff, you know, but that's not the case anymore. You know, it's, it's so, there isn't a face on evil. And it really, truly was Yes, exactly. Face. Yes. You know, there wasn't a truly face on evil, no matter what. And, and we as humans, we're physical, we're, we're visual creatures. And we want to put that visual connotation on it. So we think of the most evil, radical thing to kind of like, you know, put that fear in your hearts. And that's why you look at, you know, Satan as this, you know, horns and all this other stuff. It's like, oh my gosh, that's the evil, 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 evil. But you read back to what he was, like he was like one of God's greatest angels, you know, and he was like his strongest angel. And he, you know, and we read about how angels are beautiful. That's great. Yeah, that's a good, yeah, you know? I forget. And so it's like now he's fallen because he wanted to be God. And God's like, no, this isn't happening. Right? You can't be me, you know. So and he's like, no. So now I'm going to turn and, and do this to you. And what does he do? Satan lies to people. He lies to them every single day. And he puts those lies. And that's and just like you said, like that black mold, if you don't get it early, it just grows and grows and grows and grows and it festers. And sure enough, it just takes over you. You know, it's like, a, it's a cancer. It really is a cancer. Yeah. 
yeah, it's it's so prevalent. But here's here's the the good news about this is there is a a method. There is a way that abusers or uh, the enemy or whatever targets families very specifically. And one of the things that they do, and this is so hard for us Christians, is they look for kids who don't know anything about sex. Yeah. Yeah. It, this is a, I mean, I, I spend hours and hours with parents that are like, okay, like I have to use anatomically correct words. I'm like, you're going to be all right. We're going to do this. And they're like, but I was raised in a Southern Baptist home. I was like, so was I. And we can do this, you know, but they look for families where that shame about sex is hanging around. And as Christians, we are prime targets because yeah. The amount of times I hear people say, but I don't want my son to say penis or vagina or vulva on at Sunday school. And I'm like, are you kidding? Yes, actually, that's a wonderful place for predators to hang out. Hey, I'll volunteer for Sunday school. No right. problem. In it, it, church, and I even have a hard time. You know, I always tell people when I drop my daughter off, I'm like, hey, just so you know, I teach sexual abuse prevention. So my daughter is super savvy about anatomically correct words and she's educated. So basically I'm saying, don't mess with this family. Right, right, yeah. And that's it's like a little bit of a soprano <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. You're like, all right, I'm, I'm not gonna mess with Emily. All right. Yeah, yeah, and they're looking for clues like that. But you have to, you have to. And you, cause the minute you said it, it's kind of like, you know, you know, Mike Tyson, I think he said it best. He said, you know, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. You know, and so when you walk in there, you know, with not only this, the word of God, but also saying, hey, man, you know, don't play with this. You're punching them in the face. And their plan was to possibly pick off maybe your daughter because they maybe look like a soft target. But then when you show them that it's a hard target, you know, they pull back, you know, and that their plan just was just foiled. So that's that's right. They're like, oh, here's here's a good way to look at it too, is you're, you're going camping and there's like a handful of campers there and the forest ranger comes through and says, hey, we've got bears that come through. You need to clean up your campsite, whatever. And you've got the, the one, one, like maybe they're like college guys and they're like, whatever, you know, and they leave the food out and then you've got you, you go through and you're like, okay, we'll just bring the food in. You don't freak out. You don't get the Clorox out and like spray the whole thing and like right. get your guns ready and wait for the bears. You know, you just chill. You do a few protective measures. Where's the bear going to hit first? It's the easiest target. Predators always go for the weakest link. Yeah. It's the same one with like online security. You don't have to be the most secure person. You just can't be the weakest. Right. That yeah. makes sense. So it's really simple things that you can do that take your kid and your family off the radar because you're not an easy target. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I agree. So what is one, what is the one thing as we wrap this up, what is the one thing you want everyone to know, not only just about yourself, but your ministry and how to how they can, you know, as parents and just, you know, future parents, how they can protect, you know, their family. Yeah. So, I guess I'll, I'll start with like the, this, like I said, using anatomically correct words. There was a gal a little while ago that was on the news and she told parents to ask permission before changing their kid's diaper. And everybody, I think she was on Fox News, bless her heart. And everybody laughed her out, you know, it was like this ridiculous thing. But I'm actually going to kind of back her up on that and say, if you are a new parent, you've got a kid. 
I want you to start using anatomically correct words with your kid as you're changing their diaper, as you're wa- washing them. And this, the reason why isn't for the kid, it's for you. Mm-hmm. Because especially as Christians have so much shame because those words are so foreign to us. We're not used right. to using them outside of a science class. And even then it's like, people get all weirded out. You need, you need to understand if you feel weird when you're saying those to your kid, Go, go and work on that. You've got something going on, something that was put in place. And if you don't want to pass that on, you've got to deal with that. And if you've got a little, it's perfect. You've got, you've got a couple of years before, you know, they're talking or understanding to, to take care of that. Right. You've got to make sure you've got to do the work yourself. If anything that I've said today today rubs you the wrong way, feels unchristian, you know, any of that stuff, dive deep into that and explore that. And, you know, I always tell people, you know, there's this situation where you walk in on your kid doing something, you're like, whoa, how do I deal with this? <laughs> you know, you, you either redline or you freeze, whatever. Make sure the kid's safe. Keep your mouth shut. And... Take a moment and just write down exactly what happened, what the situation was, and how you felt about it. What, right. what, about, what about that made you feel so weird? And then how do you want to handle that? And here's the, here's the hard part with parents. There's going to be a moment <laughs> where you go, oh my gosh, like this is, <laughs> this is totally out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Um, I, I hear stories all the time where parents just lose it and they freak out and then their kids are actually in therapy for the trauma that they caused. And the parents wow. are like, I just wasn't ready for it. I didn't expect it. It just triggered me. So just do the work yourself. It's super easy. Just use anatomically correct words. That's a really good way to instill shame-free sex education. And can I say one more thing? I'm Absolutely. I'm drinking so much coffee. You saw me drinking like a hundred. <laughs> I'm so fired up. I have so much to say. Yes, yes. Um, and then I forgot it. I totally forgot it. But anyways, I have, um, I'm so fired up. I'm forgetting what I'm going to say. But um, I also have a free course that's coming out. And this is what I call, it's called the Powerful Predator Repellent. So this will completely eliminate any, attraction towards your family. It's it's three simple things that will, like I was telling you, it's got got the like, don't mess with my family, the body safety rules, and then also the pornography, teaching about pornography without shame. So, um, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Sorry, I no, forgot. No, my brain, no, my brain. It's, it's, all, it's all good. <laughs> Pray yeah. for my brain. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm de- guys, I'm definitely going to be putting all this stuff in the show notes to you guys because this is really important. And, and this is such a huge thing. I mean, in my church, we had a couple weeks ago, you know, through our, our women's group, they, they have a, a women's night every once a month, third Wednesday of every month. So if you guys here in South Jersey, you want to visit Fusion Church and go, and you're female, you want to go to Imago Day and worship with just women and the men serve the women, you know, you can do that. It's, it's awesome. Uh, it's third, third, third Wednesday of every month, but we had, the women had this particular topic where we invited, you know, uh, local city officials in Atlantic City, because in Atlantic County here in South Jersey, uh, sex trafficking is the highest in the nation. It's huge. And yeah. So, and nobody really even, I, I didn't know that. I'm like, I've been living in Atlantic County for years and we're like, 
what? Like, this is a, this is a thing really, you know? And so it was really important. So, you know, if you guys are in there, so this is going to be huge for everyone. And especially, you know, it, it's out of Emily's heart to give you guys it for free. And this is absolutely gold. This, this value is it's, it's invaluable. You can't put a price on it, especially, you know, whether you're a parent or not, this is something that everyone is going to possibly come in contact with, you know, and you really have to educate yourself on this. So that way we can be greater stewards of not only our families, but our communities. And this is how we grow. And this is how we can be connected. And we can actually fight back evil because listen, we're never going to eradicate it, but we can do our part to make sure that we're not being part of that problem. So, you know, Emily, thank you. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you being so candid. This was fun. <laughs> right. fun. Definitely gonna have you come on again. We're going to follow up with this, man. This is going to be good. This is going to be really good. Well, do you mind if I give the website for the free course? Absolutely. Go for okay. it. Anything yeah. you want. Yes, yes. <laughs> Tell everybody how they can get in contact with you, how they can follow you, all your links, everything. Go ahead with the exception of your social security number. Right, right. <laughs> Trust me, you don't want any part of that. Um, <laughs> so YWS, Young Wild Safe, E-D-U, wysedu.org is where the free course is. So Young, Wild, and Safe is the course. Um, and you can sign up there. It's going to be a, three videos. I'm super stoked about this because it's taken me a while to get to where I could say, I guarantee you, if you do what I tell you, you're good. You can let your kids have a great childhood where you're not watching over them constantly. It's like the anti-helicopter parenting sex abuse prevention, right, you know, right. where it's not fear mongering. It's like, you're good. God's got you. Here's what you need to do and go let your kids ride their bikes around the neighborhood. <laughs> right. It, it really is like, let's go back to the fifties style of childhood. Yes. Yes. That's what I'm encouraging. So it's fun. It's all done, like I said, with analogies found in nature. And um, yeah, and I, I guess one of the things that I want to talk about too um, with the pornography is if there's anybody out there that is watching pornography or is struggling with it, with it obviously, like you're not the only one. It's, not, it's also not a male issue, but it's... it's not necessarily your fault either. We all need to take responsibility for it, but that it's this stuff is everywhere. Yeah, it is you with the kids, like it's so hard to protect them. You actually, to be honest with you, you can't protect kids against pornography, right. they have to know what it is. Yeah. Um, so if you're dealing with that, like can we just remove all shame about it, and we're wired to be attracted to looking at naked people, like. Let's take the shame out of it and just work towards um, strategies to fill our time with more fulfilling activities. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, and listen, man, you, you're in this industry, so you're, you've got the ground floor information, man. That's, you know, your front line right there. So, you know, again, Emily, I really appreciate it. And, and definitely we're going to have you on again. Because this is a great conversation and it needs to be had not only just once, but several times to where we can really grow our families and stuff. So, you know, again, thank you. And I'll, guys, I'm going to put everything in the show notes. That way you guys can follow Emily. She's on Instagram. Go ahead and follow her there. And, uh, you know, again, Emily, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. This is a great time. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was fun. All right, guys. Until next time, stay blessed and be good. Talk to you soon.